0: Hello, and thanks for joining us on our podcast. This podcast is presented to you by St. Matthew's Roman Catholic Church in the beautiful village of Voorheesville, New York. Each week, we'll let you listen to the Sunday Gospel reading and the homily. We hope that this podcast allows you to stay connected to St. Matthew's when you're not able to worship in person. If you want to join us in person, we worship at 5 p.m. on Saturday evenings, in nine thirty in the morning on Sundays. We hope to see you soon. God bless. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was Tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, Tetrarch of the region of Aeturia and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, who was Tetrarch of Abilene. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah in the desert. John went throughout the whole region of the Jordan proclaiming of a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And it is as, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill will be made low. The winding roads shall be made straight and the rough spots made smooth, and all flesh will see the salvation of God. The Gospel of the Lord. To you, Lord Jesus when I read this Gospel, I couldn't help but thinking about Haiti. Saint Luke has painted a picture of this Gospel of all of the horrible and corrupt men that the people of his day had good reason to hate and never to forgive caesar had been for 15 years demanding of these people adulation anything beyond the bare subsistence of life that they needed and devotion to him as a god pontius pilate was sent there to instill fear and to rule make sure that there was always order. And he only came to Jerusalem when he absolutely had to. He, the rest of the time, he lived on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea in luxury because it was beautiful there and Jerusalem was sort of a rough spot. Herod and his two brothers, the Tetrarchs, were puppet kings that were sort of Jews, but sort of not, and paid homage to Rome pretended that Caesar was truly divine and all the time worked their people to death. And if anybody dared speak out against them, they put their life in danger as well. Herod killed several of his wives and several of his sons because they had the audacity to say that the way he was living was not a good thing to be doing. And even the temple priests, the temple priest who had sort of curried favor with Rome and looked the other way and it sort of abdicated their responsibilities to do what the prophets had always said, take care of the widows and the orphans. All of these people, the people of Luke's time, had great reason to hate. And it's sort of like that in Haiti, too. Political corruption, we found out, was just a way of life there. Any money or resources that need to go to Haiti need to be hand-delivered, because if not, someone steals them. Someone wealthy and powerful steals them. Jobs are scarce, and what little money they get is kept so low because the absentee leaders of the country want to have more profit for themselves so the people actually doing the work are not paid very much. And those leaders, like Pontius Pilate, quite often, like Herod and his brothers, did not live in the middle of the country. They live in Hawaii, they live in Florida, they live in the Dominican Republic where life is more beautiful and easier than it is in Haiti. And if anyone dared speak up, violence is quite often the retaliation that they get. The first school that we went down to help The headmaster, when he came for a fundraiser in September, decided to stay in the States because there was a threat against his life, for speaking out against the injustice. St. Luke has, time, listed a whole bunch of people that everyone had a good reason to hate. And the people in Haiti, in my experience, could have come up with a whole other list of people that sort of fit the same model for the people that St. Luke was talking about. When I went to Haiti, though, three years ago, with some friends and some parishioners to teach in the two schools that we work with, I really began to understand the metaphor of today's gospel. We flew into into, uh, Port-au-Prince, and it was a four-hour drive to Fontaine, where we were going to be, and that was the hardest part of the whole trip. The first thing that we had to do was bribe someone at the airport to guard us so we wouldn't be robbed. And then we piled into vehicles, old beat up vans, and bounced along on imaginary roads for the four hours to get to Fontaine. We would, sometimes the road was there, sometimes we drove in a stream bed, sometimes we drove through people's yards as far as I could tell. We went very fast. There were a lot of potholes. There were big steep winding roads that went up mountains and the people that were on foot were more climbing than walking on those things. And for miles and miles and miles along the way, we saw people that were digging a drainage ditch along the side of the road by hand and lining it with cement and stones that they mixed in a little cement mixer. No big trucks coming to put any cement in. Around every hidden curve, there was new danger that lay ahead And because the roads were dirty and dusty and the air conditioning didn't work, the windows were rolled up in these vans and the van was supposed to carry six, there were ten in it, along with a couple of chickens and a couple of goats. And everyone was given a vomit bag when we started. It was stifling hot. It was the ride over those rough roads in and out that was the hardest part of the trip. It wasn't the fact that we lived in one or two rooms with a shared toilet and maybe three minutes of shower water that was ice cold, or the fact that their goats and the chickens wandered in and out of the kitchen, or the poverty that we saw. The thing that everybody had the hardest time with on the trip was the road in and out of Fontaine. We really began to understand that for good things to flow in and out of the country, the roads needed to be better. The paths needed to be made straight. Every hill needed to be made a little lower. Every pothole needed to be filled in. The winding roads needed to be straightened out. Now, what I didn't see in the middle of all of this was a bunch of angry Haitians. At least not bitterly angry. They had every reason to be somewhat angry and quite often anger is a good thing a little bit motivates us to speak out against an injustice and moves us to action. But mountains of anger and mountains of hatred just add to the problem. They're just more obstacles on the road for us to have to overcome. I saw these Haitians doing the physical work that they needed to clean the roads. There were women that got out of their houses with homemade brooms and swept some of the rubble away There were men sitting on large piles of rocks with hammers making little piles of rocks that they could use to fill in the potholes. There were ancient old trucks and donkey carts that carried that rubble that filled the roads by hand, and all along the way, no matter how steep or how low, that rough road was being tended by the people that were there in Haiti. And what was good for the physical road was obviously also good for their spiritual road. These were people with nothing, with just tremendous dignity and kindness towards one another. Their spiritual roads, they've obviously been working on as well. There weren't mountains of anger and hatred. There were great great places where people spoke up against the injustices but it wasn't with the violence and the vitriol that just made the problem worse. And so we get to think about the rough roads that are in our life this week during Advent, as John the Baptist tells us to prepare the way for the Lord. What are the patches of rough road that we've experienced that have prevented the flow of good things to us and from us to others? Are we willing to do the hard work to justly repair those rough patches of road? Or are we just remaining so angry about them that we're just making the rough road worse? If we've got a mountain of old resentment, Luke is telling us, tear that down. Everyone has to climb over the mountain of old resentment that we've got and we can just tear it down. Have we been insulted and hurt in a way that's left potholes and pop in our hearts and in our souls? Luke says, fill them in with the love and mercy of God. Are there steep valleys that we've fallen headlong down into in despair? Turn to God, ask for help, accept help from others, do a litany of gratitude and use that litany of gratitude as a ladder or a rope to climb out of those deep, dark depressions and despair. There's always gonna be some rough road in our life. Jesus didn't promise a smooth pavement. What he did promise though, is that if we listen to his word in the scripture, we find out that there are ways through his grace to lower the hills, Fill in the valleys, make the roads straight, push the obstacles aside so that we can tear down what is bad and build up what is good, so that we can invite Christ into our life and then be able to share the Christ that we have with those around us.